Hello, my friends. Um, This piece is called Morning Perception, and this is under the category of nourishment and fed teachings. Here we go. I always eat breakfast within 30 minutes of waking and before I have any caffeine. If for some reason I can't get my full breakfast within 30 minutes of waking, I'll eat some fruit while breakfast is cooking. Sometimes I'll do a yolky milk drink, no caffeine, if it's going to be closer to an hour after waking. Eating this close to waking up is imperative if you want to balance blood sugar, hormones, and give your nervous system the signal that it is safe first thing and start off the day running on real energy, not stress hormones. Starting your day running on stress hormones is like running an energetic deficit. You're using borrowed energy that you will have to pay back later. A lot of people aren't hungry in the morning, and the idea of eating a big breakfast sounds unappetizing or even straight up nauseating. But the truth is, if you are not hungry after fasting for eight or more hours overnight, then you are for sure running on stress hormones, and that will catch up with you eventually. Most common ways running on an energy deficit will show up are thyroid issues, adrenal issues, cold hands and feet, fatigue, low libido, moodiness, and or trouble sleeping through the night. Committing to eating within 30 minutes of waking is a practice that may require some discomfort initially, but once you do it for a few weeks, I guarantee your hunger will come back and you'll feel much better throughout the day. I have had many clients who did the one thing of eating hearty breakfast within 30 minutes of waking and their mental thought processes changed so drastically that they cannot uh, that they cannot believe how much happier and more at peace they are. They're getting themselves out of fight or flight in the morning, which has a positive repercussions for your whole day and ultimately your life. For our entire relationship, I was always the first to get up. But since having kiddos, my husband gets up with the girls and cooks breakfast for all of us each morning. One thing that has changed wildly from before kids to after kids is how much help I am able to receive in my life. I would never have wanted anyone to cook me breakfast before kids because they wouldn't have gotten it right. I was one of those, if you want it done right, do it yourself people. But when you're sleep deprived, breastfeeding and recovering from birth and pregnancy, there's just a limit on how much and on what and how much you can do. So my husband started cooking breakfast for me. If there's something I would really rather have or some way I would prefer something, I'm happy to give kind and clear adjustments. E.g. I would like you to wait to toast my toast until I'm downstairs or I really like fried eggs better than scrambled. But most of the time now there is just gratitude for having a meal in front of me as soon as I come down and gratitude for the extra space in the morning to wake up on my own time, brush my teeth, wash my face, do some stretches and get dressed for the day in peace. It makes me feel like I can handle the day and I'm so much more kind and open to my family if I have, if I just have this space of 30 minutes or so in the morning. I am sure my husband would love extra space in the morning too but it's not actually as important to his opening as it is for mine right now. He can get ready and brush his teeth in five minutes, and that is satisfying for him. I think most of the time he enjoys his alone time with the girls in the morning since a couple days a week he is leaving to go to work and is gone until the evening. I also think he honestly enjoys being able to give me space and time because he can feel the difference it makes for me. And this is the hardest part for me to accept. That someone would just want to do something for me for no other reason than it makes me happier and more joyful. It's such a tender spot. I can feel the tears welling up just writing this out. The kind of tears with no story, 
not happy or sad, just a tender spot where I've starved myself in the past, a spot where I haven't allowed myself to let love in. And now that I do, it feels like parched earth receiving rain. It has been hard to receive, but I'm finally accepting that it's what's best for everyone, for mama to wake up and have some time alone in the morning. I know it will switch at some point as things always do. I'll feel more and more rested and maybe Sean will go through a period of exhaustion or needing some more space and time and I'll take over the morning duties and I'll be happy to give him what he needs for no other reason than I love him and I value his well-being. But for now, my practice here is really letting myself have the time in the morning without guilt or shame or feeling like I'm getting away with something. I don't need any grabbiness or entitlement, just open reception. Letting that parched earth of me become fertile soil once again, because fertile soil is where all life comes from. My fertile soil is what gives life to my humanity, and it must be tended well. If you have a hard time eating soon after waking and you have a partner or roommate, why not ask them to cook for you? It's a beautiful way to get in reception and allow yourself to be cared for by someone who loves you. Giving and receiving are both beautifully satisfying. To practice one or the other is a worthy task. And that's the end of that. Um, I'm sitting with if I have more to say about this. I think it speaks pretty well to what I'm talking about, but this piece about reception and letting people like truly do things for you out of love and because of love is it's like a it's it's a hard pose like it's it's something that wasn't modeled we're taught like if someone does something for you you need to repay them you need to be super grateful you need to like you know, be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, like kind of like this almost like, um, externally oriented, like grabby gratitude, right? Like we must say thank you a billion times and we must appreciate it. And it actually like it, it's actually unreceptive in a way it actually blocks our openness to like have that idea of like, being like overly gratitude, like overly grateful for like just someone doing something nice for us. It's like, this is hard to translate, but it's like saying like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you didn't have to do that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this for me. Oh, I just feel so grateful. Like, do you feel the energy of that? And then versus just being like, thank you. And like leaving it at that. And like feeling the difference energetically between those two things, like one is just like really outward and like pushing outward, whereas the thank you is just allowing it in. And we also like there's this way and I am so guilty of this. I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this, but there's also a way that we think giving we we value giving more than we value receiving. And so it's the person who's giving that's like, you know, it's like we need to give more. But giving requires receiving. And when we give something and people don't receive it, it doesn't feel as satisfying. Right? So it's like if you're truly giving something with no strings attached, and this is another piece, like 
a lot of times we do give things with strings attached. Like we give someone, you know, something and we're expecting to get something in return. And that's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's not like selfless or like unconditional giving. But when we do unconditionally give, like if they're like, I find a lot of joy in like, you know, generosity where in places where I have, um, more to give and more resources to offer. Um, and when someone doesn't like just accept it and just like really take it in, then it doesn't feel as satisfying. Right? Like I love giving gifts. Giving gifts is one of my major love languages. And so I get people gifts and it's like, if people just take the gift and just talk about how like incredible it was to receive this gift and, um, and I can feel that they just feel like unworthy of it. And so they're not really like letting my love in. That's not as satisfying as if someone just takes the gift and is like super appreciative of it um, in like w- in their body. I hope this makes sense. Not with their words, but with their energy. Like you can feel the difference of someone who doesn't like who like takes the gift and acts really gra- like grateful, but actually isn't really receiving it. And so I think that this is why like we, and part of the reason that this happens is because we don't value reception as a culture, as a society, as much as we value giving. So giving is, you know, put higher up um, than receiving. And we don't see that they're actually both required to, for both to happen in a way that feels good for both parties. So there's a way that we we need to practice reception. And I historically and and still in a lot of ways have been wildly unreceptive to everything. <laughs> um like, you know, just even my friend Blair Lindsay talks about reception in this way and it just really lands for me. And it's that when we're like the the person that's super capable right so we're like i got this i can do it i'm i'm good like i said in the piece like the person who's like if you want something done right i can do it myself so like this very like you know this type of person that's really praised a lot in our society like someone who's a go getter and they can like make anything work and they're capable of anything and they're they're going to make it work no matter what and they're going to go after it and they're going to be like you know um uh, you know, just super capable, right? They're going to be that, like the mom that can do it all and, and stuff like that. Those types of caricatures are like super, uh, praised and respected in our culture, but those are actually very unreceptive ways of being. Because if you're like, I've got this, I can do it all on my own. Um, then there's no place for anything, anyone to give you anything, let alone the universe. Right. So we talk a lot in spiritual work about like allowing the universe to help you and to like give you what you need. But that's never going to happen if you're not leaving any space for that. It's almost like the universe hears you when you're like, I got it myself. And it's like, cool, peace out. I'll go help someone who needs my help. (laughs) You know, and I, I feel like this is like a really like almost cliche, like mom thing. 
but it's like the mom that's that's doing everything, right? She's cooking, she's cleaning, she's taking the kids to soccer practice, she's buying all the clothes, she's making all the appointments, she's working out, she's going to yoga, she's, you know, cleaning the car, like, you know, she's doing all of the things and she's doing them all with this like I got this energy and it's there's there's also almost this energy of like she's expecting someone to repay her at some point, right? And she's like kind of resentful, right? So she does all the things and then she does all the things for so long that she gets tired and she doesn't, she's like using, you know, speaking of like the stress hormones, she's running on stress hormones. She's running on an energy deficit. She's not getting enough sleep. She's not eating enough. She's forgetting to eat. She's, you know, she's, she's just going, 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 going all the time. And she's under the impression that at some point, like someone's going to repay her. Right. And then she gets resentful. Right. So she's doing all of the things, but she's doing them in this super resentful way. And then she's pissed at her kids. She's pissed at her husband. And she's like, why isn't anyone fucking helping me? And why, you know, why am I always the one in the kitchen doing everything, planning everything and, you know, making all of this stuff like work for people? And um, and the truth is, there's like she never asked for help. She never like said, like, can someone come in the kitchen and help me? You know, at least she she might say it with like a lot of like vitriol when she's super resentful, but there's not like an open invitation for help and for someone to like support her. And this is like, this is a place where a lot of women don't want to take responsibility right? They don't want to take responsibility for asking for help. They don't want to take responsibility for um, like holding their own boundaries. They, they, and they're just in the habit. There's just a way that it also becomes a habit to constantly be like doing, doing, doing. And this is why like I kind of felt when I was writing this, like there was kind of like two parts to this to this. And I was like, is this two different pieces? Cause it kind of feels like I'm talking about nutrition and stress hormones at the beginning. And then at the end, I'm talking about reception and it feels like there's like a big, like a, like a break in between the piece. Um, but this is why it's actually deserves to be together is because without reception, it's really hard for us to not run on stress hormones. Like we have to be able to be willing to receive help we have to be willing to receive like other people's love in the way, you know, and, and be and be in an open pose for that to happen, if that makes sense. So when we're like overgiving and overdoing and and trying to make everything happen, then we block, we block what the help that that might want to help us, right? We actually block it because there's no space for it to, to be given. And so, um, and this, this, this is the same, you know, this is a mirror of feeding ourselves as well. So if we forget to eat all the time, if we, you know, wake up and get super busy in the morning and then it's noon and we haven't eaten and we're drinking coffee, so we're suppressing our appetite and we're, this is an addiction to stress hormones, and we will never feel peaceful when we are running on stress hormones. 
And so we say we value these things like peace and joy and and openness, but unless we actually have a nervous system that isn't running on fight or flight stress hormones, it's going to be really hard to feel peaceful and grounded and open because those things are meant to help us survive, right? There, we release and create stress hormones when we are under stress, when we are under attack of some sort. And so these these two pieces are actually really, really connected because running on stress hormones and being in a receptive pose don't really, they're not this, like that you can't, they're um, mutually exclusive. You can't really have one without the other. Um, and so, yeah, this is just, um, I guess I did have things to say about, about this piece afterwards. Um, but like, this is a place where we have to take responsibility and allow ourselves to receive. So a lot of times when I when I say things like take responsibility, people think that to mean like to do more, to like control more, to create, like to, to make it happen more, right? Be responsible, make your life what you want it to be. Like that kind of very masculine, like forced um, energy. But actually in this, in this way, I'm actually speaking of responsibility as a responsibility to let ourselves be loved, to let ourselves feel the love of those around us, to let ourselves soften, soften so that we can open to receive nourishment because nourishment is not given like it's not force fed, right? You have to actually like take it in fully, 100% in. And so giving and receiving are both beautifully satisfying, but in a lot of cases we have to practice receiving, um, you know, if, if we over give, then giving isn't satisfying at all. And if we over receive, then it's not satisfying at all, but they have to be in equal, um, they have to be like at the same level in our minds, giving and receiving as being equal, equally good. We need both, Right. And so the mother who's the overgiver, she needs to practice reception. She needs to find the places where she can receive more. And so at the end of this piece, I said, if you have a hard time eating soon after waking and you have a partner or roommate, why not ask them to cook for you? This is the vulnerable piece of responsibility that we have to start looking for. How can we shift these patterns that we've gotten in the habit of? of just like always only relying on ourselves, not asking for help, not allowing people to love us. Um, like why not find a place where you can allow people to love you and care for you and how healing that is. Right. So, um, yeah, would love to know what lands for you in this and three ways to work with me right now. I'm still doing home body sessions. These are one hour with me guiding you into your body as your home and then 15 minutes of digestion with me. These are 222. You can message me to book one. I do have three alchemical journeys, um, one to one, 12 months with guiding you to connect to your most resource self during big life transitions like divorce or motherhood, death, etc. Um, anything that feels really big, like you're going through some sort of alchemical change in your life. Uh, 
we would get on a call, free connection call to talk about if this would be a good fit. I did have some people roll out. So now I have more openings for these one-to-ones. So I am feeling three more coming in. If you're one of those three people, let's do this thing. Um, If you're interested in joining Fed, which is a lot of what this piece was about, the concepts in Fed that we talk about, this is starting in uh, the next round is starting in 2023, probably like in January, somewhere around there. Um, And just hit reply if you're interested and you can let me know and I'll keep you on the list to be the first to know when applications are open again. So thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon.